Welcome to The Jeff Houston Show. We are a not-for-profit platform dedicated to coaching and inspiring you on your journey toward wisdom-based living. This is a special episode that invites you to listen in on a conversation Jeff Houston had on another podcast as a featured guest. For more information and to learn all about the free resources available, visit thejeffhoustonshow.com. Today, I'm excited to welcome a guest. Jeff Houston is joining us all the way from Litchfield, Minnesota, which is not too far from where I'm at. And Jeff holds a special place in my heart because he is my dad. And so I'm honored to have him today. Uh, he currently manages a portfolio of real estate. and But one of the things that I just love having watched as I've grown up is that my dad has a unique ability of integrating leadership principles into the context of the local church. And so I've watched him train leadership teams in the church and board members and pastors and leaders for my whole life. And so I just thought this is the perfect opportunity to welcome him into the overflow worship family and just get some thoughts on leadership in the church. So Dad, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Andrew. It's great to be here. appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, I would love to just start off with a little bit about you. I'm a relational person, and so are you. <laughs> and so I would just love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about your experience in leading worship and stepping into other leadership within the church body. Sure, I'd love to do that, Andrea. It really starts back in high school when uh, I met your mom, uh, Carol, when we sang in a Youth for Christ singing group, Carpenter's Tools. And we together, of course, were, um, uh, we, we connected over a lot of things. We had a lot of things in common, but um, probably at the central core of it was we both loved music. And we loved God, and we had a desire to um, uh, to really follow hard after Him, be reckless abandon in our um, in our pursuit of being God followers, Jesus followers. <clears throat> and so, uh, when we sang in this singing group, Carpenters Tools, and then as we graduated from high school and got married we began a, a worship ministry of our own where we would go out and, uh, and lead other churches in the, um, in the area of worship. And those, that was in the 80s, in the 1980s. And so there was this whole movement towards contemporary worship, which is uh, not really a movement anymore. It is what, uh, you know, it is uh, what worship has become. But back then, there was uh, there was in the local church there were was quite a bit of division over uh, traditional worship versus um, versus contemporary worship and what does that really mean and is worship about um, is it about a style of song or a style of worship or is there something more than that. And so we really help. We, we, we ourselves navigated that in our ministry, but our primary passion and focus has always been that of the local church uh, from a ministry standpoint. And so we were very instrumental in uh, directing our church through that and giving leadership in our church through that time. Learned a lot of things, uh, did a lot of things wrong. 
that we would do over again if we could. But uh, we gained a lot of perspective in um, in leading worship together as a couple, leading a body of believers through a time when there was conflict and whether it was when it, when we were when the church was trying to figure out what really is the um, what are the non-negotiables? You know, I like to think in terms of um, somebody, somebody said this to me, that's not an original thought of mine, but, you know, there are things in our faith that we should be willing to die for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are things that we should be, that we should have in the, in the um, framework of defend. And then there are things that, you know, we debate. This is theologically, right? So. Uh, you know, an example of, you know, die for is, is that, you know, Jesus is the way to salvation. The Bible is the inherent, inerrant word of God, things like that, that we believe in the resurrection, right? Without the resurrection, it, it's all for nothing. Yeah. And so those are things that you, that you die for. Things that you debate are, uh, you know, baptism by immersion or by, you know, it, by, um, infant baptism or, you know, I mean, we believe what we believe and this is what the we think the Bible says, but certainly we're not going to die on that issue. Mm-hmm. And then there are things that uh, we debate. Uh, and um, so we had to learn in those early years about, about where does worship and style of music and all of that fall into uh, those different categories And then um, just to skip forward so the listeners can have a little bit of context, about 10 or between 10 and 15 years ago, um, I felt a strong calling in my life to pursue uh, more of a leadership role within the church. And that really called me or led me away from leading worship. So Carol still is actively involved in the worship ministry at our church. I am not. Uh, and, I, and I think that gives me a unique perspective, having been in the ministry of the worship ministry and then having stepped away from it. And so if we get time today, I'll, I'll give a few insights about that. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. You know, something that kind of piqued my my thinking process as you were talking just now is we we work with several churches through the ministry of overflow worship who are kind of in a transition period of what does it look like to integrate contemporary worship music into a service or maybe they have two services they have a traditional and they have a contemporary and they're asking us questions of how to navigate through that or they are sensing some conflict or just some some tension. And I was just wondering, you know, maybe there's one or two bits of encouragement or a little piece of advice that you could share of something that you learned along the way. And maybe you had to learn it the hard way, or maybe it was something you did right. But what could you say to those people to encourage them in their journey with that? Yeah, that's great. I love that. I would say that one of the most valuable things that we did was we took time and created a document that was a um, it's kind of a statement of worship or a statement of our beliefs as a church of where what we how we saw 
um, wh where the church was going to give the, the body really uh, an idea of where this was going. A couple examples would be is, um, uh, you know, God is a multidimensional person and he is, so on one hand, God is high and lifted up. He is to be feared. He is to be revered. That is an aspect of God. A, another aspect of God is that he has come near, right? And he's up close and personal and relational, right? And so in our document, we acknowledged both of those, that while it is true that God is high and lifted up and he is to be feared and revered, it is also true that God has come near and he wants a personal relationship with us. And so at, we said that the, the worship experience um, it, at, in our context was going to be more, was going to uh, be more on the side of that God has come near. Right. So what does that mean? What it looked like? And we said all this in the document. What it looked like is, um, you know, the, the dress will be somewhat more casual, you know, tend to be more casual. You, you won't see, uh, you know, the pastor in suit and tie, um, you know, every Sunday. Um, the, the music will tend to be, uh, you know, more contemporary and there will be, you know, uh, more of drums instead of or, or drums and keyboard instead of organ. And, and, you know, what was very helpful for us, Andrea, I think it was helpful for us, but it was also very helpful for our body, is that the, the identification of what you could expect, and even as new people came into the body, then, you know, they, they said, well, gee, I think we should do, be more like this, whatever this is, right? Yeah. And, and we had something that we could point to and say, you know, this is really who we believe God is calling us yeah. to be. And, and that's the thing is, you know, just to, um, that's, that's a key statement right there is that who is God calling you to be? Yes. And, and, and it's not like, who do I want uh, it to be? And certainly God leads through people or who does, yes. you know, an individual want it to be, but really who do we believe that God is calling us to be and, and take the hard, the time to do the hard work yes. to figure that out and then spell it out. Yeah. And, and that clarification was a game changer for us in unity of the body, in direction, in the recruiting of, of um, team members, worship people, yeah. singers, uh, you know, instrument, instrumentalists. It, it was just a game changer for us because of clarity, right? Yeah. Clarity is clarity versus confusion, I guess, is that the, is, is confusion the opposite of clarity? I'm not sure, but, uh, but it, the more clarity you can create as a leader in your organization, the stronger, uh, the stronger your organization will be. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that. I call that a filter. It's like this filter that you can run all of your decisions through, you know, and, for those of you who are listening out there today, I just encourage you with, with that bit of this wisdom that was just shared, that casting a vision and kind of laying out, you know, who you are and what you do and, and why you do it. But the key was what my dad just said is, who has God called you to be? And I, I work with so many churches now, and some of them... I hear them say, well, we're not like this. 
church? Or, you know, are we supposed to sound like that church? Are we supposed to, you know, fit into that mold? And my encouragement to them and to those who are listening is that you're, you're called to serve a specific community, a specific body, and you're unique to that area. And so go before the Lord and ask him, what are you calling us to do? You know, what, what do you want us to do in this community and serve this community? And something like that, like a kind of a vision statement, this document of who we are and what we're pursuing and what God has set before us is so key because you can use it like a filter. Like, like you said, if somebody comes and says, Hey, let's do this. Okay. Let's go back to kind of our core, (laughs) our core values and run it through that. And then the other thing that I, that I hear in that and that I love is it's a teaching opportunity. You know, for you back in the eighties, it was a literally like worship school for the church, for all of you, you know, for all of us, I was there too. I was little, but I was there. And it it was like, you had to teach the body. Mm -hmm. What is worship? And like you said, define it, you know, it's not a song. It's not a, it's not a tempo. It's first a heart posture. And then, you know, refining from there, what God has called your church body to. But I, I think that's so key to define your vision, define your, you know, what God's called you to, and then be ready to teach the body and treat it like a, like a teaching opportunity, because, you know, a lot of times we, we need that. We need that permission or encouragement. Like it's, you know, for example, a common phrase that is used in worship leadership a lot is let's press in right now. And sometimes I think we wonder like, what what does that mean? And sometimes it just takes us taking a breath and pausing and just speaking to somebody who, hey, maybe you don't know what that means, or maybe this is new to you. And here's a here's something you could do in this moment, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and I know that's what you guys Mm -hmm. did, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of through that process is just, Mm -hmm. um, this is who we are. This is what God's called us to. And this is the vision we've laid out. And now let's learn together. (laughs) And you bring up a really good point, Andrea, about let's say press in. All right. So that's, that is not a term that I'm familiar with. I mean, press, uh, press in and so it, it, but obviously in worship circles right now, it has a meaning or a context, but there are people out there that don't know what that is. And so helping, helping your uh, congregation, helping your team to understand what the context is or what is the context behind the content. You know, I remember we had a, we were a church that really wanted to be involved in outreach. Uh, it was, we, we wanted to be an outward focused church and we had, uh, a number of us in leadership had the very specific idea, ideas of what, out, what, what outreach meant. Mm-hmm. I remember in a, in a congregation. So, so one of the things we wanted to do was change the name of the church, mm-hmm. right? We wanted to take quote Baptist out of the name of the church and not because we aren't a Baptist church. It's just, we wanted to remove barriers. That was how we were thinking outreach. And I remember a, a meeting where somebody stood up and, and, you know, very serious, very sincere and said, um, hey, wait a minute, that's not what outreach means to me. 
what outreach means to me is, is that if somebody moves into town, they need to be able to open up the phone book and find the Baptist church. If it's a Baptist couple, they need to find the Baptist church. All right. See, and I, I'm way past the point of saying one's right and the other's wrong. It, right. it, they're just different. And what the value, the, the lesson for us in that is the more clarity you can bring, uh, the better it is. And even in the area of terms. So if you say, uh, you know, press in. Well, what does that what what does it mean when we say to press in? Yeah, and and how can I do how can I press in? Because if I'm a God follower, if I'm a Jesus follower, I want to grow closer to him. Yeah. And if if somebody will present me, if a worship team, worship leader presents me with an idea um, uh, or a concept you know, I want to know, I want to grow in that area, but I need to understand it. So that's great, great point about the kind of the terminology is just getting your, getting people on the same page with what, what the context is, not just the content. Yeah, absolutely. And because I believe our role as, as well, in my context, a worship leader, but really as a leader, period, is to bring people along with you well, right? Like you got to lead them well, you got to bring them along well. And the number one aspect of that is clarity, right? And communication. (laughs) And so for me, when I'm on the platform, if I'm not clear, or if I am not drawing people, you know, and pointing them to the Lord well with clarity and communication, then I have, I'm not doing my job. And so, and that doesn't mean I yap all the time, <laughs> but if there's a moment of where we're, we're waiting, you know, we're going to be quiet and then, you know, explaining why we do that or what to do. You know, if there's a brand new person sitting in the church and they've never been to church before, look at it through their lens. You know, maybe yes. they would want a little bit of context. Uh, I was at a church service last Wednesday night, and it was just so awesome because there was a moment for prayer, but it was very clear. You know, the the worship leader brought everybody along and explained, you know, this is what's going to happen. And then there was still that moment of silence and waiting and just reflecting on the Lord. But it was clear for anybody who was uncomfortable in that. You know, for me, I... I don't need any direction. I can just, you know, like (laughs) I'm good with that, but I can't assume that everybody else is. And so it's huge. So shifting gears a little bit, but kind of along the same lines, how can, how can we as leaders to our teams? So like for you, you've led a worship team and you've also, you know, led elder boards and that kind of thing and also lead a staff. So you have lots of different contexts to pull from, but what are one or two tips that you could give to our worship leaders out there of how to lead with clarity? What are some things that you've learned that would be helpful Mm -hmm. for them? Well, I would say uh, the first thing is to be a great leader. You have to self-lead. You you need to be great at leading yourself. And we probably all could think of people who have been leaders that have not led themselves well. And so that's from my perspective, that's where it begins is leading yourself well. And, you know, we could take 
the next 20 podcasts and yes. talk about what is it. But, um, yeah. you know, I think your listeners have, have some probably pretty good ideas about how do you go about um, doing that well. Well, it's, um, it's funny because I, I got to tell you listeners out there, I did not tell him to say that. This is kind of off book. But if you go back and listen to podcast episode number, you know, one, two, and three, <laughs> they'll hear some of those, you know, common threads with other interviews and other topics. So I love that because it's just, it's, it's huge. Like hmm. it's foundational. So yes, continue. <laughs> so second thing that comes to mind is when you are recruiting people, especially leaders in your organization, this would be, I could say, if you were hiring a staff person, if you're hiring a, a worship leader, um, and I know a lot of your, um, a lot of your listeners are worship leaders, but just hang with me through this example is that if you are, if you're hiring a leader or if you're recruiting a leader, um, are you looking for a vision or are you recruiting to a vision? In other words, a lot of times churches are not clear enough and ministries within churches are not clear enough about what they are, what they are and what they are not. Yeah. Right. We're, we're, we're so, in, in, Hey, it, it's uh, I think it was Jim Collins in his book, good to great said, you know, it's probably more important than deciding who you are is spending the time to decide who you're not. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, um, it's doing the hard work of, of, of clarifying that. And then as opposed to recruiting or hiring a vision, hiring somebody that has a great vision, it might be a great vision, but if it's not what God's called your body to be and do, then it's not the right person, even though they're a great person. And even though there's incredible opportunity, so it's having clarity, that would be, um, the second thing, and then I think the third thing that comes to mind is just the transformational mindset idea that instead of thinking about getting work done through people, what if we thought about worship as getting people done through work, hmm. right? So let me say that again, uh, because it, it you can miss it. Yeah. It is as that are we about getting work done through people? All right. So let's, what would that be like? Well, we've got, we've got a worship service to put together and we've got music to plan and we've got to get the words into the, you know, computer and we've got to, you know, talk with the, the pastor about what his message is. We've got to figure our transitions. We've got our segues. We've got to get our instrumentation. See all of that. That's the work that's got to be done. Right. Right. And so are we getting work done, the project done through people, or do we see our, our job, our primary job is getting people done through the work that we do? Yeah. And that's a way more powerful concept. I mean, that's what Jesus was all about, yeah. is getting people done through work, getting people done through the miracles, all the miracles that he did. You know, they were all, they were very intentional. They were right. with a purpose. Yeah. And, and he did, and you notice that he did them, he set them up differently. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, what do you want me to do for you? What do you mean? He didn't, 
didn't he know? Sure, he knew. Yeah. But they needed to know, right? Yeah. And um, uh, and so you know, sometimes he healed from you know, hey, he didn't even go there. Hey, just you know what? He's better, right? You know, just go back. And sometimes yeah. he he made them wash their eyes with mud, right? right. You know, or he spit on the ground. And I mean, it was different things for different people. Why is that? Because he was about getting people done through the work that he did. And I think we need to, uh, as leaders and as worship leaders, it's very important because every Sunday there's another, forgive me for saying this because it's not a show, but I'm saying there is another event to put on. Yeah, right? Sunday always and, comes. And that is, that's right. It's de- and it's demanding. Yeah. And you know, you're, you're done with Sunday and Monday morning comes and you got to get ready to do it all over again. I mean, that, that is, yeah. a, that's the real world. Yeah. And, and so to keep in mind that never lose sight of the fact that my job in ministry is to get people done through the work that I do. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's an intentional choice. You know, like you were talking about the ministry of Jesus, like he, it was all intentional. And I feel just convicted in my life to live with intentionality, you know, and to, to make sure that I keep my perspective in check and keep myself, you know, in the, in the right place. And so uh, I think that that's just huge for us as leaders. And it's encouraging to me and a good reminder to me too, to, not let all the busyness get in the way you know, <laughs> of the main thing. And I, I say that all the time, let's keep the main thing, the main thing, but it sure is hard, you know, when you've got all the work to do. So, yeah, well, that's so great. I just, I love this conversation and I thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast and to all the listeners out there. I hope that you are encouraged to live with intentionality and to lead with clarity and communication. And, you know, just want you to know that the overflow worship doors are always open. So if you have prayer requests or you have questions, just shoot them over to us. Our email is info at overflowworship.com. And also for worship leaders and worship team members, remember that we have the overflow worship conference coming up again really soon in October on the 11th and 12th. And all the details are at overflowworship.com. And we would just love to see you there, whether you've been before or you've never been before. It's going to be a great weekend with Meredith Andrews and Jacob Suter and Todd Fields, who was my last guest on the podcast. And it's just going to be a great weekend. So I hope that you will join us. And I hope you were encouraged today. And again, Dad, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you very much. Thank you for listening to The Jeff Houston Show. We are a not-for-profit platform dedicated to coaching and inspiring you on your journey toward wisdom-based living. Our goal is for you to experience a greater level of freedom in every area of your life. You can learn about all the free resources available and submit your questions to thejeffhoustonshow.com. Again, thanks for listening.